Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. If my doctor said, would you like me to use machine learning to help me diagnose and treat your condition? I would say absolutely yes, because I believe that machines can augment the human decision-making and be helpful in that context. If he said, do you want the machine to diagnose you and treat you? I would say no, because I don't trust the machine to be able to add that human component to it. Transcend that same scenario to real estate. Do I think that chat GPT and, and large language models and machine learning can be super helpful? Absolutely. Do I think some of the early sort of implementations of it. It's not the things that I think are going to be really exciting, but it's the things that can be easily implemented. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Felt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Adams with Real Trends. Real Trends is currently accepting applications for the 2023 Real Trends and Tom Ferry agent and team rankings. If you're an agent with over 50 transaction sides or 16 million in volume, or a team with over 60 transaction sides or $24 million in volume in calendar year 2022, we want to feature you in the industry's trusted rankings program. Real Trends has partnered with the majority of the largest brands in the country to receive nominations automatically. However, we recommend that you check with your broker to understand if they will be submitting your data or if you will be required to submit your data to Realtrends.com. Submissions close on April 14th, so don't miss out on the chance to be featured in this year's rankings program. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Housing Wire and Real Trends and Content and Data. And today I'd like to welcome Russ Cafano. He is the CEO of Collabra Technology, which is a digital marketing technology and analytics firm. Um, Cafano has more than 30 years of senior leadership experience in nearly all facets of the real estate industry, including brokerage technology, MLS, associations, and affiliated businesses. I think that's, I think that is every facet of the industry. Russ was previously president and general counsel of EXP World Holdings, senior vice president of industry relations at MOVE and Vice President and General Counsel at John L. Scott Real Estate and CEO of the Missouri Realtors. So welcome, Russ. Thanks. Great to be here, Tracy. Yes. And uh, two of those companies, uh, EXP and John L. Scott, both uh, came out in the Realtrends brokerage rankings today, uh, doing really well. So so, Both are wonderful companies, um, and they show that Real estate uh, brokerage companies uh, can be super successful with very different models. Um, they, they couldn't be different of companies, um, but they're both showing success. So I guess that's a microcosm of our world. Yes. And I've had Lennox Scott and um, Glenn Sanford both on the podcast uh, recently, actually. So, so yeah. So I want to first talk about how um, Calabra technology came to be, because you've had so many varied experiences in real estate. What um, 
you know, tell me how this was all, how you founded it and how it all came to be. Well, um, I actually didn't found Calabra. Calabra, uh, I, I joined Calabra about a year and a half ago um, as its CEO. Um, and uh, we kind of found each other. Um, Calabra was the uh, birth child of, mer- of a merger between two longstanding companies in the industry. One, uh, Proxio out of the Bay Area um, uh, that had been in business for about 10 years Um some enterprise digital marketing technology, and then uh, a company called Tour Factory out of Spokane um, that had been in the business. Actually, it was one of the very first virtual tour providers um, in the industry back in the late 90s. And, and it continues uh, to provide similar technology. Those two companies came together and merged in 2018, uh, formed Calabra, and um, uh, they operated collectively um for about three years, uh, and I think the, um, uh, the 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 there was some maybe some intended uh, synergies between the two companies that never quite materialized, which is common in mergers. Sometimes you think there's going to be synergies, and um, and one plus one will equal three, and that really didn't happen at Calabra. Um, and so um, the the board uh, decided to. Uh, um, see if there was some some new energy they could bring in. And uh, I was um, intrigued uh, with what I saw. It was, for me, an opportunity um, to build an organization uh, around a place that I think has tremendous opportunity um, going forward, and that's digital marketing, uh, supporting real estate agents. So, um, so again, you know, we, um, in the last year and a half now, we'll, we'll talk about this more in the, in the podcast here, but really sort of ideated around, you know, using some of the core assets that Calabra had, but building out a different product, a different um, business model. And um, so we've been head down for the last uh, year plus in doing that and finally are at a point where we're launching some products and uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And as part of that, you've done some research into kind of how agents can succeed in an uncertain market. So what were some of the, the biggest takeaways from from that research? Yeah. So what what is, you know, was amazing from the research that we did was um, uh, and we, we kind of knew it anecdotally. But then as we dug into real numbers, um, the you know, people like to talk about how our um, how the housing market has grown um, really uh, unencumbered over the last uh, 10 plus years um, since the Great Recession. And uh, uh, that's true. Um, but from a, an industry standpoint, what's also grown uh, is agent count. And if you look back um, uh, to agent count, um, it really peaked in the first decade of the century it peaked at about 1.3 million realtors um, in the country. We use that number. That, you know, it's, that's not the entire industry. There's 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 some non-realtor licensees and, and agents in the countries, but we use that as sort of as a that's a reportable benchmark. So there was about 1.3 million, I think, in like 2006, uh, and then the Great Recession hit, and obviously um, with the the market going, you know, having some challenges, the 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 head, the head count of realtors went down to uh, about a low of a million in 2012. And then since 2012, it's been on a continued upward trajectory, uh, really peaking this last year at about 1.6 million. So over the last 10 years, the industry has added 60% to the realtor 
uh, count. Um, but the actual overall um, housing market in terms of units, um, we've had some ups and downs. It's grown for sure, but um, it has uh, it has not grown sixty percent. <laughs> uh, we're we're not at um, uh, at, at seven or eight million uh, housing uh, sales per year, you know, resale transactions. And in fact, this year, um, we'll, we'll see where we end up, but probably in the four and a half million range, which is um, it's the lowest number we've had in, in over 10 years. And so uh, what this means is um, hyper competition for the deals out there. And we know that, um, you know, listings uh, drive the business and uh, we have a lot more people um, in the industry looking, um, trying to get those listings. Um, and so there, and at the same time, so we have this housing market growth, we have realtor headcount growth. And during that same period of time, we have social media growth. Um, I mean, people really forget that Facebook launched, you know, 2006-ish, right? Um, and so um, going back to 2012, really social media and and consumers' um, uh, involvement with social media, really, it, it's all been this trend over the last 10 years. It seems like it's been there forever because we're immersed in it, but it really hasn't. And and so we now have a lot of, of agents um looking at social media as a, a driver to their business and a lot of surveys, the NRS survey and other surveys. Uh, and we found the same thing is that agents view social media as a, a great source of, uh, of, of business generation. And I, and I say business generation uh, specifically, not lead generation, because that's something that, that maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, as a, as a means of marketing. Right. And so, um, what we found is that uh, agents um, see the potential, but very few of them actually understand how to harness and leverage that potential. And so the the research we, we found is that agents um, are busy on social media, but they're not necessarily effective on social media. And, uh, and we found four um, that we highlighted in the article. Uh, that really have become in their own unique way. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad we led with this idea of John L. Scott and EXP, which shows, you know, brokerage models, very different, but very successful. Um, and, and we highlight four different agents in the paper, very different, but very successful, that are leveraging social media and, and online marketing um, to help uh, themselves and their, and their brokerage companies be successful. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know, you mentioned the number of realtors, and and I think they are expecting headcount to drop this year. Um, but in the rankings, the average number of agents per company in the top five hundred brokerage companies, um, they had about one thousand one hundred and eighty agents, and that was up from last year. But transactions per average transactions per agent was down by about one um, to 6.6, I believe, um, transactions per agent. So obviously there are, you know, as the 80-20 rule already tells you, you know, 20% of the agents are are doing, um, you know, really well with real estate and the rest of them are are maybe in it for hobby or for, you know, they might be doing well, just not as well as some of the others. So, 
So yeah, it's interesting. And social media can make the difference a lot of times too, to, like you said, business generation. Yeah. So we, we take this uh, approach that in, in every business, real trends in our business, um, there is a sales function and there's a marketing function uh, and, and they're different. They're different disciplines. They work synergistically to produce results, right? Sales, you know, revenue, but Sales is about lead gen. It's about conversion. It's about doing the things that are necessary to, they're the one-on-one interactions that, that generate um, a transaction or a relationship uh, that, that leads to a transaction. Um, marketing, on the other hand, is more about positioning, brand building, uh, creating the, the fertile ground for which lead generation can actually take place and be effective. And um, agents... Uh, have been schooled and taught. Um, I mean, a lot of the gurus around um, uh, about lead gen, right? Um, lead gen 24-7, 365. Um, you know, use dialers, pick up the phone, call people who wants to buy, who wants to sell. Um, and and we're not antagonistic to that approach. Um, lead gen is a fundamental piece of the business and it will always be a piece of the business because realtors are sales professionals. At the same time, what, what we're seeing is that the marketing piece, right, the building of brand, the building of uh, the ability to um, leverage this, this what we call their digital sphere of influence, um, which is really a term that, that we use all the time internally. And we're trying to, to get that term used externally, which um, generates business uh, in ways that um, don't require lead generation. I think if you talk to any good realtor, they'll tell you that their sphere, right? Um, more often their, their, their sphere in real life is generates a ton of repeat and referral business that they didn't have to lead generate on. They'd have to pick up a phone. Somebody reached out to them, right? And we believe that same power of sphere can exist in the digital world. However, the way it's built and managed and grown is different in the digital world than it, with the 100 or 200 people that you might know in your local community. And, and that's where we see the opportunity is, is leveraging technology to facilitate agents to be better at the marketing side of their business online. Um, there's lots of tools out there that are great lead gen tools. We want to sit next to those tools um, to, uh, to help realtors be more successful. Okay. And I know one of the ways you're doing it, you just announced your Sphere Builder um, product and you called it the Credit Karma for Real Estate Agents. So explain to me what you mean by that. Well, you know, um, uh, uh, we when we started ideating around this idea, um, we actually went outside of real estate. Um, there's a really huge um, area of technology called MarTech or marketing technology. And um, it, there is a tremendous amount of growth over the last 10 years of companies that are doing all sorts of really cool things with marketing technology. Um, and, uh, and, and real estate tends to lag a little bit in terms of adopting new technologies from the outside world. So we actually did a lot of investigation around companies outside of real estate. What were they doing, uh, both B2B and B2C companies, and how are they leveraging um uh, marketing technology. And the two things we found were um, automation was um, uh, was becoming very popular. How do you make things more effective from a marketing technology standpoint through automation? Um, and then secondly is analytics. Uh, how do you leverage, um, you know, the, the nice thing about um, digital marketing is it can be measured. 
Um, there's there's tools to actually go out and and pull data and uh, and, and that really is not happening in, in real estate. So we we came upon the Credit Karma model because um, what Credit Karma does, and, and I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a user of it, um, and most of our our staff are users of it as well. Is um, it, it uses a score to then provide a, a benchmark of of current place um, in Credit Karma's scenario credit journey. And then it provides a, a prescriptive means to improve that score. And it's wildly successful with consumers. Um, and so we looked at that and we said, well, what do agents know about their digital marketing today? Just like what do consumers know about their credit score today? And the answer is not much. So what if we were to provide a scoring mechanism that enabled, based on data, that, that gave an agent a, a benchmark where to start from? Um, would that be beneficial? We concluded it was, and the people we talked with, and 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 the outreach to the to the industry is that yeah, we we don't know what's in the black box. We'd love to see what it is. So so we created this scoring mechanism. Um, we created a benchmark um, in the scoring mechanism that relates to top producers. Uh, we created an algorithm, and now um, we can. Uh, bring an agent into this digital marketing journey, just like Credit Karma creates a score. They use the, the credit scoring system. There was no sort of adopted digital marketing scoring system. So we had to create it ourselves um, and then create a journey. Uh, and and so the, the analogy we use is Credit Karma is for consumers on their credit journey as Sphere Builder is for real estate agents on their digital marketing journey. Um, and, uh, and we think, um, that same approach agents are going to come in, um, uh, get their score, see how they, they rank compared to, um, top producers in their market area. And then we give them, um, prescriptive pathways to improve their score. Yeah. And that, I love that idea because I think that too many people, you know, not just real estate agents, but, but others just throw stuff out on social media, hoping that it sticks and makes a difference. And, but they're not really sure. They don't really have a formula for success on, you know, what really, what's really working and what will, you know, continue to work for me in building these relationships with people online. Um, so I kind of want to stay with that theme a little bit and tell me, you, you know, in your research, you discovered four people doing it really well. What makes an agent successful on social media? Um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of different ways to success, but are there any similarities that you see? Well, there is this overarching perspective that we got from the four people we interviewed and others as well is they all seek to become known, liked, and trusted in their digital world. Um, and and that we talk about that again a lot internally is how can we help individual agents be the no like trust realtor in their local community? Um, uh, that truly is the essence of influence. Um, and, and we talk about influence as well, not from the Kardashian perspective of influencer, right? That's not what we're talking about. But, but we're talking about, we believe that individual realtors can be an influencer in their local community around um, real estate um, and, and be a place where um, when consumers have a need, 
they flock to. And so the, the four people that we spoke with all sort of had this approach to how do I become that no like trust person in my digital world? Um, but they all have done it differently um, with a with a unique sort of bent on it. And that's the other thing is that no like trust has to relate to the individual. Um, you can't fake it. You you can't try to be somebody else. And that's, you know, that's the challenge with, I think, um, agents go to conferences or they view, you know, they, they, they see people on stage and they go, well, I want to be like that person. And I think the thing that we um, we discovered from all of the people in the article was that they, they're not trying to be like anybody else. They're trying to be like them. And they're trying to use the platforms that are more appropriate to how they speak, um, the content that they want to post. Um, some prefer Instagram because it's much more visual. Some prefer Facebook because it's much more descriptive. Some prefer TikTok because it's it's very it's it's free flowing and um, and they're they're comfortable in, in being on video. Uh, some prefer YouTube because it's uh, it's video, but it's very more scripted video, right? Um, so the the key is to find your platform or platforms that speak to the way that you want to come across and the content that you want to post. Um, because digital marketing begins with content. If you don't have content, you can't play. So, so that's the, you got to be able to post content. But the way the way that each of these platforms deliver content, the audiences that they speak to is different. And the thing that came across loud and clear is that the four people, although all of them successful, were all doing it a bit differently because of who they were. Yeah. I mean, being authentic is so important to building real relationships as well. And, um, you know, I just, I just interviewed a broker who uses social media in a different way. He doesn't necessarily post, but he does go through his like Facebook feed and look for people who are you know, maybe move jobs or goes through his LinkedIn feed and um, then reaches out to them, you know, as well, just as a congratulations, not asking for business. And it's just that building step toward, you know, getting to know someone from there as well. So, so yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. that That's the, that relationship building, like um, uh, we used to think that relationships had to be formed in real life. And what we're seeing is that, um, you know, relationships can be formed without ever meeting somebody in real life. Uh, and, and social media and the online um, channels that are available have the ability to, to build that relationship. And the other thing that's really important is that um, in, in real life, an agent will certainly know when they're interacting with uh, a, a somebody in their sphere or a prospect or whatever, and be able to control that interaction with what they say and how they present themselves. That doesn't happen in the digital world. The digital world is on 24, seven, 365 and people are looking, uh, interacting with you and your digital presence when you're not there. So um, that is something that, that we talk about as well, which is, you know, consistency and making sure that um, that as people come to visit you, I mean, you can call it stalking or whatever you want, to, what words you want to use, but validation, uh, Googling, all those things happen. And the agent is not there to interact unless the, that person makes the, the outreach. So, um, again, doubly important to if you want to play the game, 
you've got to be consistent and um, uh, and stay true to who you are. Yeah, but that in-person, there's nothing to me can beat that in-person interaction. So you can maybe start that and build a, a relationship online, but eventually to really deepen it, it has to come offline um, to, to one-on-one. At- Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and like this, I mean, you know, it, you don't necessarily have to meet the person belly to belly, but, um, you know, being able to engage with them. And again, um, the, uh, with video and, and with the ability to portray yourself in video, um, people can start getting to know you when they haven't actually met you so that when they meet you, and that's again, back to the authenticity issue, when they meet you, they, they're reaching out or engaging with you because they think that in real life, or I guess in real life via Zoom, um, you're going to present like you were as they've already seen you. And and if you don't, because you haven't been authentic, then it's going to be a big disconnect and probably not good for that relationship. Yeah. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles brings together the nation's most elite brokerage, association and team leaders, C-suite leaders, and top producing agents to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's Gathering of Eagles is at the Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th to 21st. Learn more and register your spot today on the events page at realtrends.com. We can't wait to see you in Austin. Well, I'm going to shift gears and talk about like the tech industry in general. Um, You know, there was a big, I've been in real estate for over 30 years and, and, you know, there was of course the big push where everybody's disrupting and then there's the, well, we're not really disrupting, but we are. And then there's the, well, maybe we should really start partnering rather than try to disintermediate the agent. So what are you seeing right now um, with this overall in the industry? And um, are you seeing some trends that you might want to talk about? So um, I've been skeptical of this disintermediation um, theory uh, for my entire career. Um, uh, And I I go back to, um, uh, well, 20 some odd years ago when the first dot-com boom, um, I uh, I was actually doing some consulting um, uh, with some companies that were, um, trying to create, um, uh, a new way for digital connectivity, internet connectivity. And, um, they, they talked about this idea of the last mile, right. And, and in delivering fiber and high speed connectivity to households and businesses, um, it was, it was easy to put in trunk lines, um, uh, relatively speaking, right? But what was really hard and, and is still hard is getting that connectivity to the individual household. Um, and I use that same analogy in explaining the power of the realtor. And that is they're the connection to that. They're the last mile to the consumer. Um, they've always been the last mile to the consumer and they continue to be the last mile to the consumer and and that cannot 
well, I don't want to say cannot, but super hard. Nobody's been able to do it yet. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm banking on the fact they won't be able to do it. Disintermediate, replace that, that last mile with something else, right? So I think that um, a lot of people have, been, have tried. Uh, they've failed. And so now I see a trend toward not disintermediation of the realtor, but monetization of the realtor. In other words, um, that realtor is in a place of uh, relationship and influence over the consumer. Uh, these companies want to get in and, and, and that, that relationship in place has an economic value to it. Um, and they want to use a realtor as a monetization source um, in, in, in terms of the economics around that consumer. That consumer is worth dollars. Um, and so whether it's the brokerage company, whether it's um, portals, advertisers, um, they all none of them are saying we don't need the realtor. Um, they're saying actually the opposite. We need that realtor. Um, but what we want to do is we want to sort of um, co-create the relationship and monetize the economics that come out of that relationship. Uh, and I think that's going to be a continued push um, is uh, there is there's there's a economic value around that consumer and and um, the new technology companies and new entrants and 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 actually I want to say old entrants, but, you know, some, you know, the 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 the, the portals of the world um they they view that ec- those economics as um, some place that they want to play in, and uh, and they want to add value so that it's uh, um, the the biggest thing that I I see with tech today and some of the non traditional players um, is uh, they want to help create winners and losers in the business, and so if you're a winner, good for you, great. I mean you you're on the winning team. If you're a loser, that's not good, right? And that impacts the ecosystem, and and other people lose as well. So that's uh, that's where I see the major trend probably over the next ten years is is more of the creating the the big winners in the industry, and and then as a natural result, some some losers. Yeah, I really look forward to this market because I believe that this kind of market really spurs innovation. Um, whether it's tech innovation or business model and for innovation, um, I think that we're going to see some new business models emerge and some new products and, and platforms emerge. So that'll be really interesting. And of course, the big one I want to talk to you about is chat GPT, the artificial intelligence, because that's on everybody's mind. You know, they're, they're getting bombarded with especially real estate agents with oh, use it to write your marketing, use it to write your letters, use it to do this. Um, As an editor, it concerns me because I don't want articles that people are turning in that are are produced by chat GPT. And Google doesn't recognize them as original either. Um, But what do you, you know, what are your thoughts on the whole artificial intelligence as far as like the chat GPT type of um, product? I've been a fan of of AI and more generally machine learning for I've been I've been studying it for the last um, five seven years, um, starting with some of the um, uh, advent that, uh, that that IBM brought into the equation and has seen the evolution of of um, AI and machine learning and large language models. Um, I am generally um, a proponent of using it's it's another form of automation all right so i believe that automation is good 
Um, uh, there, there are things, and, and specifically in, in the context of, of, of real estate. Um, well, actually, let me step back. Today, um, if uh, machine learning uh, is in place to assist physicians in looking at um, uh, x-rays and other diagnostics um, at speeds that a human could never do to provide that physician with a head start on diagnosis and, and treatment um, in terms of, of um, uh, various cancers, et cetera. Um, is that a good thing? I think the answer is yes. I, in fact, if my, if my doctor, um, uh, and I've had cancer, um, if, if my, my doctor said, hey, um, would you like me to use machine learning to um, being able to help me um, diagnose and treat your condition, I would say absolutely yes, right? Because I believe that machines can augment the, the human decision-making uh, and, and be helpful in that context. Um, if he said, do you want the machine to diagnose you and treat you? I would say no, because I don't trust the machine to to be able to add that human component to it. So transcend that same scenario to real estate. Um, do I think that, that chat GPT and, and large language models and machine learning can be super helpful in helping realtors be more effective at their job? Absolutely. Um, do I think some of the early sort of implementations of it sort of um, is kind of to me like the carnival. Um, it's, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's not the things that I'm. I think are going to be really exciting, but it's the things that can be easily implemented. Go write a, a description about a, a property listing. Okay, great, right? Um, I mean, if if my customer is hiring me based on how good of a description I can write about their property, I have a problem. If they're paying me three percent to write a description about their property, I have a problem, right? So. Um, I think we're going to see some amazing, and we're we're working on some some really cool AI machine learning things in terms of the data that we're getting in around digital marketing um, uh, to be able to help uh, agents and and the industry more be more effective and to free them up to be able to do the things that their relationships want them to do. Um, understand the marketplace, consult with them about the transaction, negotiate on their behalf. Um, engage with other agents or, or potential buyers and sellers to help sell that property, positioning that property for, um, you know, the effective sales, staging it, all those things. I mean, that's what they get paid for. They don't get paid for writing a, a, a blurb, right? And and I just, I, I, I'm humored by it. Um, so, and I'm humored by people who are fearful of it because uh, I don't think it's something to be fearful of. Now, clearly at a, at a high level, I think we as a society need to be very careful about um, where machine learning takes us. Uh, there's some unanswered questions about, uh, you know, that, that we don't have time to get in here, but is 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 great conversation over a, an adult beverage about where machine learning can go and and what it's going to uh, evolve into. But um, I'm I'm a fan. Uh, we're going to be incorporating it into our application in some very unique ways. My biggest advice would be um, look beyond the carnival rides, 
right? Um, and and try to to um, not be not have an opinion based upon some of this low hanging fruit stuff, and be more interested in some of this the uh, deep learnings that we can have from this technology to help agents be better at their job. Yeah, I I am mostly a proponent of it. What I do worry about is the ethical implications for journalists um, about turning in something that is not their own, really. Um, but I do I do think people think about oh, I'll do my marketing through it, where there are are so many other. Um, tasks and things that can be done, um, you know, from, hey, write me a marketing plan for this property or, or you know, there's more to it, more than that even. Um, there's more to it than write me a letter to, you know, a homeowner about buying a property or whatever it is, or writing a li- listing description. Um, and we've just scratched the surface of it. So it will be really interesting, um, you know, where it goes for sure. Well, again, again, I think it kind of goes full circle to what we were talking about before in social media. If you're not authentic, people will smell that out, um, and and people want to people want to do business with people that they they know, they like, and they trust. Um, people aren't going to know, like, trust ChatGPT. They're not. They're 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 going to they're going to know, like, and trust a human. Um, and I think I think that really, if 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 real estate agents can um, use that as their mantra, right, and and leverage these various models to assist them in being more authentic, yeah. I think we got a winner. Yeah, it's just figuring out how to do that, and that is the the key at this point because nobody really knows how to use it or what it, what the potential is. So that'll be interesting as it evolves. Um, so my final question is, you know, just what's next for Calabra? What what's on your agenda? What are you looking at rolling out? Um, what should people be looking for? Well, um, we launched uh, Sphere Builder and our Sphere Index scoring system in Denver and in Huntsville on Monday. So um, I guess it, and that was the uh, the twentieth of of March. So um, we're now live and. Um, uh, so far, we're, we're getting um, great feedback and, and uh, exposure to the application in those two markets. Um, the, the goal for our company is to um, make Sphere Index, which is a free tool, um, nationally known and used. Um, in other words, we want to be the credit karma uh, uh, for digital marketing in the national real estate industry. Um, and, and so... Um, our pitch is that um, why would an agent not want to know how their digital marketing is performing, what their digital marketing, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, presence looks like um, for five minutes of their time and for no cost? Um, we don't think there's a good answer to why they would not want that. So, so um, that is going to require a national build out of the platform. Um, we have to part of what we do with our technology is we do local benchmarks. Um, in other words, we go into, in Denver and Huntsville, we actually um, uh, took the top 5% of producers in those two markets. We ran them all through our algorithm and came out with a benchmark that represented what 
a really good agent, right? Top of the game, top 5% is doing a digital marketing. And we use that as the benchmark. And we need to be able to do that in every local market because what we found is that the benchmark in Huntsville is different than the benchmark in, in Denver as as it should be because real estate's local, right? So um, so we're in that process of, of, of nat- national expansion. Um, we've got um, some uh, really great uh, discussions going on with some MLSs that want to incorporate um, the platform into their um, into their ecosystem. And then the other thing that we're really excited about is um, brokerage companies um, are really interested in what we're doing because they look at um, Sphere Builder as a productivity tool in a time when agents need help in productivity. Um, and so we're talking with a variety of, of large brokerage companies who um, uh, we think are, you know, I think while this is going to be a, a, a great sort of mass market um, application, I think where it's really going to find its home is with forward thinking brokerage companies that want to bring it in house and um, uh, and enable um, some of the tools to be provided to their agents because they're already doing it today. In fact, I met with a brokerage company last week and at the end of the, the, of the demonstration, he said, he said, I can't believe what I just saw because um, I did. I had this exact same conversation with an agent today, except my conversation was using a yellow tablet, and you've put it into a technology application, right? And I think that's as a technology developer and 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 companies bringing new product. That's really cool because we've taken something that is already happening and we've we've packaged it into something that can be delivered on a systematic, uh, large-scale way. So, um, you know, we, we want to be a household name um, in the industry, and uh, we're just starting, a lot of room to grow. Uh, and then we talked about machine learning. Um, we've got uh, a lot of work going on in, in taking this data. Right now, I'll kind of end with this. That we're, we're seeing a correlation between the activities, the marketing activities of top producers and production, that the data is telling us if you're doing certain things in your digital marketing, it correlates to you being in this top producer cohort. We think that there may be the opportunity over time, right? Not going to happen tomorrow with data and machine learning to not just show a correlation between digital marketing and production, but actually show a causation relationship that if you do certain things in this way, you actually will create more transactions. Um, we need lots more data and we need uh, a lot more time with that data to show that causation. But if we can get there, we will have an amazingly uh, important application for the industry because no longer will they be just throwing spaghetti at the digital wall they will actually be very targeted in what they're doing because the targeting actually generates deals for them. That's great. I am looking forward to seeing how the company and the product evolve over over the next couple of years. So Russ, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We really appreciate having you on as a guest. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for having me and uh, love what you guys do at Real Trends at Housing Wire. Um, uh, I think that marriage was uh, wonderful for the industry and uh, keep up with the great research and reporting that you do. It's, it's awesome. 
Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.